It's the Code St. Luke Telephone Broadcasting Service and Podcast for Wednesday, November 18, 2020. On today's episode, we have Craig Morrison. You may recognize the name, of course. Craig Morrison is an ethnomusicologist, which means he's a, an expert in music. He's a teacher, an author. He's even a musician. And today he's going to be talking about the pop hits of the 1950s. Interviewing Craig today is Danielle Belanger of the Côte St. Luke Public Library. Good afternoon, everyone. If you're tuning in and you have Zoom, you'll see Craig Morrison at home with his guitar. Today, we will be presenting a virtual lecture on 50s pop hits and their virtual roots. We're very pleased to have Craig Morrison with us today. Welcome. All right, hi people. Let's start at the beginning. It's with the slide. I've got the beautiful slide here to show you where we're at. And there it is, 1950s pop music. I'm calling it before, during, and after. The before is the roots and the sources of songs. During is, of course, the 1950s. Where were you in the 1950s? And after is some of the resonances of the songs in more recent decades, right up to the present time. If you were uh, buying a record, you might have bought 12 top hits here and you see people dancing. It's a, it's a beautiful image, dancing with the record player and the little 45, the little record here, featuring the finest in top hit entertainment. Well, that's what we're gonna get today, but even more than 12 top hits. We are in the Zoom room. Welcome everyone, and here is the first, let's get this going. The first song is called Smoke Gets In Your Eyes. Now, what you see there is a group you probably know the name of the group already. Do you? Uh, well, I don't know if you do, but it's the Platters. So let's start with them. A very, very big hit. We have the lyrics. We have over here, number one. That means it was a number one hit in the year of 1958 when we talk about hits. We talk about Billboard magazine, the industry trade magazine, which has been published for more than 100 years and is still being published. And they're the authority. So if a song is the number one, it's because Billboard says so. Over here, you see the songwriter credits, Jerome Kern and Otto Harbach, famous, famous people. So this is an old song, but let's hear what they sound like these platters. They sound like this. Ask me how I Oh, 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 oh,
It's got the orchestra. There's even a harp that you hear clearly at the end. And the structure of the song is very common and typical. And I'm just going to describe it to you because we are going to have some music is choppy and hard to hear. Well, I see that. But I've done everything I can. Let me see if I can fix that. I'll fix that in a minute if I can. So the structure of the song is very common. It's called 32 bar song form. And it's the most common song form for pop songs. The bar in reference is, is in reference to one, two, three, four, a measure or a bar. There are 32 of them broken up into four sections of eight bars. A section, same again, A section, B section, and A section. So we say it's an AA ba form the aaba form is sometimes varied it could be abac or something like that but typically the aaba form is something that's very common and you will hear more of them today including the next song but the b section is where the composer really gets to go on a journey and that last song is no exception it does a very interesting modulation to a different key you have eight bars to go on a new adventure and you have just enough time to get back to the original key for the repeat of the final a all right so i'm going to see what i can do about everything here is the next slide oh, 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 oh i forgot to put the button on you're right should sound better now the um next slide is the very same song in 1934 there were four versions of this song on the hit parade and this is one of them it was a 1933 musical made into a 1934 movie you may recognize the names of some of these people uh, fred astaire and ginger rogers the dance team beautifully pictured here perhaps more famous than irene dunn 
to this day. Jerome Kern's queen of all musical romances, Roberta, is the name of the piece. And you are going to hear the uh, Leo Reisman version. So let's hear that now. so I cut that off a little bit because we have lots of music to play. Hopefully the sound is better, yes? Can't see anybody's thumb. Sound is better, Craig, yes. Yeah, yeah. So what we hear in this song is something that we often hear when older songs, especially of this vintage or this era, get updated into the 50s and 60s. The original song is fast. It's so fast that it doesn't, for our purposes, I think, for our feeling. It doesn't convey the emotion in the lyrics because it's so fast. Why is it so fast? Two reasons, I think. One is it's for dancing. You can imagine people doing the foxtrot. They're going around the line of dance. They're holding the frame and uh, the man's looking through the little window so he doesn't crash into somebody else and the woman's looking the other way hoping that they don't crash into somebody that you can't see. They're going and they're dancing. So it's music for dancing. But also, uh, there were less in, how can I put this? They were less able or less likely or less willing, or it was just the sign of the times that when people sang, they didn't invoke in their performance, the emotions. 
we got used to in the 50s, 60s, and even later, people really emoting and, you know, an angry song and they're acting angry and a sad song and they're acting sad, or I don't know how to act sad today. I feel pretty good. But uh, we expect that from our singers now. We expect them to be, in fact, we expect songs to be almost autobiographically presented and the singers are singing about their own lives, which is not always the case. Uh, songs are like movies or stories. You take the persona of the person that you're singing about. And I could just add uh, a lot of, especially folk singers that are singing songs, they're not saying, I am the person I'm singing about. For example, you have someone like Joan Baez or an earlier singer singing about when they were a sailor. And at the time, nobody in the audience says, hey, you're not a sailor. You're not even a man. How, do, how dare you sing about being a sailor? It's a movie, a story that's being presented. So let's move on. We've got more songs and more stuff to talk about and more visuals. Uh, I, I was also going to say, just before we pass this song, because it's faster, they got to go through the form of the song twice complete and even more than that. They had to do a shift in the middle to get the song into the key of the vocalist. And then at the end, there was an ending, which I cut off. But they had more time to go through the structure of the song, that is the AADA 32-bar song form. Okay, moving on to the next song. Oh, it's Blueberry Hill, and oh, that looks pretty good. Blueberries. We know Blueberry Hill from Fats Domino. It was a big hit. You can see number two in the year of 1956. It is, in fact, an A-A-B-A -A structure, 32 bars like the other one. You'll also know how beautifully crafted this song is. Most of the lyrics is most of most words in the lyrics are one syllable words found my thrill we, of course blueberry is not moon stood still here's one that isn't lingered oh too many l's in this word willow but most of the words are one syllable also there's an awful lot of rhyming going on thrill hill still hill willow uh, there it is again, Thrill Hill. So this is the mark of craft. This is song craft. It goes by so beautifully, so smoothly that you don't really notice all the effort that went into it. I found my thrill But all of 
beautiful song now that of course is a classic song and um, i'm going to be telling you more details at the end of our lecture but one week from tonight i'm going to be doing a live broadcast with a band and i'm going to be singing that song what you might have noticed is the form aaba that came back and gave us half of the form again they gave us another ba at the end this song is very important because of the way Fats Domino treated it. Now you're going to hear two more versions of this song. I'll just play excerpts. They are the previous versions, but when Fats Domino did this, he did a particular musical treatment. He has this bass line. We start with, see if you can see the guitar. Baseline is but what's happening in the piano is triplets one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's dividing the beat into three, so you get this one, two, three, four, which gives us twelve, and it sounds like this. Accent the one, two, three, four, but you hear the This is triplets dividing the beat into three. And once Fats Domino did that, that became the way that you update an old song. And there are lots and lots of examples, some of them you'll hear today. But right now, let's go to the early. Ooh, okay, checking the, the chat there. I'm going to go to earlier versions. Let's go to, back to the slides. And we have now Blueberry Hill by Gene Autry. Yes, the famous cowboy, singing cowboy. And this is from 1940. So you know this is an old song. found my thrill on Blueberry Hill, on Blueberry Hill, when I found you, the moon stood still on Blueberry Hill. 
and lingered until my dreams came true. The wind in the willows played love's sweet melody, but all of those vows we made were never to be. Fading them down there a bit. And what I want to tell you is that, uh, strangely enough, Gene Autry played a cowboy in the movies whose name was Gene Autry. Strange. We hear in that recording, we hear the violins. We know this is pop music, but it's pop music dressed up as country music. We also hear the accordion, which was common in country music in those decades, 30s and 40s. And we also hear the steel guitar. That's a guitar played flat with a sliding bar. Which is an instrument I play once in a while. The origins of that go back to Hawaii, but it was a big fad in country music and still is heard in country music in a variation of that instrument, which is known as the pedal steel guitar. The lap steel is what I play. It's a guitar you play flat on your lap. But the pedal steel guitar is on a, it's on legs and it has pedals that you hit with your foot and even knee levers. And let me tell you, it's like three dimensional chess to play the pedal steel guitar. I once interviewed a fellow that dabbled in it for a year and he said it was either that or my family because it took so much concentration and so much practice. So he let it go. Well, I'm going to play you one more recording of this particular song. And I'm going to tell you that when I used to play this song for my mother-in-law, I thought I was playing Fats Domino, but she thought I was playing a Glenn Miller song. Glenn Miller, the famous big band, swing band leader who was lost in an airplane in the end, at the end of the Second World War. It's a big mystery. The plane was lost, I believe, going across the English Channel. Anyway, his music lives on. We, we love In the Mood and uh, all his other songs. Some of them I used to play when I was in a big band at university. And he's going to give us Blueberry Hill. It has the typical introduction before the singer comes in.
I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill, on Blueberry Hill, when I found you. came true the wind in the willow played love's sweet melody but all of those vows we made were never to be though we're apart you're part of me still I just cut him off there. So what we had in terms of the recording was we had the band playing an instrumental version. Then we had this little transition part, like the other song, to get into the key of the singer. The singer sang all the way through the form. And we still have about 45 or 50 seconds where the band is going to play through some more. And this is a good example of the singers were not the features in those days. It took Frank Sinatra and a couple of other people to make the singers the focus. The singers were part of the big band. There could be 18 people in the big band and they'd have a male singer and a female singer often. And they would come in and sing a song, but the band was the feature. And little by little, the singer became in a way more important than the band. And we hear someone like Doris Day singing Sentimental Journey in 1945 with Les Brown and his band of renown. But in the 50s, her name is right up front, as so many others were. Okay, we're going to move on now. we got another song, and this is a song that uses that same formula that Fats Domino introduced, which is updating an old song by using the triplet business. There's a nice little picture to get you in the mood. And here's the song, Pat Boone, number one in 1957. Again, you see A-A-B-A -A -A structure. We love it. On a day like today, we pass the time away. Somehow that vow meant 
Sorry to cut you off there, Pat. Beautiful whistling, though, isn't it? Who whistles anymore? I, I, I'm not a good whistler. I wish I was. It's a beautiful sound. Why do we like AABA structure so much? I don't know. Psychologically, A, this is what we have. Hear it again? Okay, I got it. Let's go somewhere else. B section, the adventure. Where were we? Ah, A section back. It's perfect. Well, it must have been highly uh, resonating for people because it's lasted so long. Now we're going to go to another version of the very same song. We are going. I couldn't find a good picture of Ted Black, but we're all the way back to 1931 for this very same song. And he does not do the Fats Domino. Did you notice in the Pat Boone, the bass line is almost identical to the Pat uh, to the uh, Fats Domino, Blueberry Hill bass line. And of course, the triplet business is there as well. So it's very much the same approach. Yeah, so you get the idea that's what I was telling you before about uh, 
a little faster dancing. The next song is actually two songs, and you're going to hear the sources. Let's go for the one that huh, there's a picture of David Lee Roth. His version I'm not going to play for you, but I urge you to go on YouTube, not now, and listen to David Lee Roth do this medley, just a gigolo. I ain't got nobody. There it is, in fact, two songs. So uh, Louis Prima is going to give us this version. And I think he's the one that put these two songs together. And that very much is the source for David Lee Roth's version. From 1956, Prima was from New Orleans. And you can hear a little bit of that in his music, both with the use of the horns and his approach to rhythm. But he became huge in Las Vegas uh, as a very funny band leader and a very entertaining program with his wife and comic foil. Not olive oil, but <laughs> Keeley Smith was in there. And just a gigolo, and everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance, selling its romance. Oh, the same. There will come a day, and youth will pass away. What will they say about me? When the end comes, I know those are just a gigolos. Life goes on without me And just a gigolo Everywhere I go People know the part I'm playing Paid for every dance Selling each romance Oh, what they say And there will come a day And youth will pass away What will they say about me? When the end comes, I know there's a just a jigglos. Life goes on without me, cause I ain't got nobody. Oh, and there's nobody just for me. There's nobody just for me. Sad and lonely, want some sweet mama Come take a chance with me Cause I ain't so bad then
had to let that one play all the way through it's so much fun i'm going to do a, a, an attempt to take you to an old version so i'm going to put the uh if i can move this here let me see if i can move this here what i'm trying to do here can't seem to move that there it is i'm going to stop the video for just a moment because i'm going to go to youtube and show you a really early something or other so just stick with me and uh, I'll be back in just a moment with something from YouTube, which I think you will find to be very fascinating. And this is going to be one of the roots of just a gigolo from a tango orchestra. Yeah, and one more word should get it. And we got it. So let me dial this up and I'll put you back on the screen here. I'm gonna share the screen. Oh, can I do it? Where is it? Das ist die 
man zahlt um Zustanden. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so what we have is we're in Germany in 1930 for the roots of just the gigolo. Now what you're going to hear is the roots of the other song, which is the I Ain't Got Nobody song. And here it is from 1923, Marion Harris, who actually introduced a lot of songs, but um, we don't remember her much today unless we dig up the roots of some of these songs. Now what we see here is the sheet music and the sheet music covers often had a different picture here showing the person who was promoting it or maybe uh, had had a recording of it maybe not maybe it could be as someone on stage but this part of the of the program i should say the uh, the graphic would remain the same. We have someone in blackface. That was a strange time in those days. But uh, on some of these sheet music covers, there can be as many as in, in, on the big hits. Someone uh, was writing in a reference book saying one of the sheet music pieces had something like 70 different insert photographs of people who were making the song famous. Well, let's hear what Marion Harris has to tell us about this song. Well, she's not going to tell us, she's going to sing it for us. So we see that song that we know either from Louis Prima or David Lee Roth, if we know it at all, has all these long histories. There was a song earlier I forgot to mention when we were listening to Love Letters in the Sand, the melody. We heard a 1931 version by Ted Black. The melody 
was derived from something from 50 years earlier. In fact, it was a 1881 composition called the Spanish Cavalier. These things go farther back than we think. Well, we got to move on. Too many good songs. Let's move on. And here is Among My Souvenirs. There's nothing left for me of days that used to be. First up, Connie Francis. What a wonderful voice she had. There's nothing left for me of days that you to a higher key. The Fats Domino approach is still here. The bass line is there, but the business is now being played by the drums. Unmistakable though. Did you notice, and though they do their best to give me consolation, there's a really kind of unexpected, slightly strange note on that word, giving us the feeling like they don't give that much consolation. Well, let's move on to an earlier version of this. He even made Time Magazine cover this guy. And why? Because he became involved in the aviation world. He got out of music, he got bored, I guess. But he got involved in aviation, and that's why he's on the cover of Time Magazine. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, that song really deserved to be slowed down, didn't it? I'm just going to give you a bit of the voice. It's taking so long to get to it. I live in memory among my souvenirs. Some letters tied with blue, a photograph or two. I see a rose from you among my souvenirs. All right, I'm going to cut that guy off. Uh, not because I don't like him, because I do like him. But we have too many songs to play right now. Uh, we're having fun yet? I am. Let's move on. Share the screen for yet one more song. Hit the right button. There it is. It's all in the game. Many a tear have to fall. Why? Because it's all in the game. You might know this song from Tommy Edwards. 1958, he had a big number one hit. He actually did the song in the early 50s. It wasn't a very big hit. But when this fad came for updating songs with the Fats Domino approach. Someone, he or someone else around him said, why don't you do that song again? The song was already old when he did it in the early 50s, and you're going to hear about that in a moment. But let's hear this beautiful song. He does a great job on it, too. Many a tear has to fall But it's all in the game All in the wonderful game That we know As love You have words With him And your fears looking thin But these things Your hearts can rock Above Once in a while you won't come But it's all In With a sweet bouquet And he'll kiss your lips And caress your wedding fingertips And your heart Fading out that guy too. Too many songs, so little time. The source of this melody, though, hmm, that's what I'm going to talk to you about now. Let's go to the slide. Dial up the slide. Oh, are we sharing? Let's see. No, we're not sharing. Go back to the screen share. Share screen. Okay, can do it. 
Dawes Melody, look at this. In the 1920s, Charles C. Dawes became the 30th Vice President of the USA and received the Nobel Peace Prize for his work on World War I reparations. He wrote a melody in 1911, which is known as Dawes Melody. And I'm going to find that for you right about now. Get out of this one. I'm going to go back to YouTube. So don't worry, I'm coming back to you. Dialing up Dawes Melody. And you will hear the link. And there it is. Fritz Chrysler, the famous Chrysler, the famous violinist, is going to be playing it for you. I do. Fascinating. When I was researching this, I just, I was thrilled to find some of these early versions. Well, there's more songs and we have uh, some time to do it, so let's do it. Here we go now to Karamea. And you see this beautiful. heard it is not from David Whitfield, I don't think. This is from the early 1950s. You'll hear the version more familiar in a moment. And you probably recognize the melody. I'll be your love till 
Uh, it sounds like we're in heaven with those voices, angelic voices, doesn't it? I don't know. I never went there. Find out. Find out maybe one day. Well, this is the version that you probably have heard uh, more familiar with. This is from the mid 60s. question which version did you like better oh one of my favorites yeah having fun that's good well I like the Jay and the Americans version but I really like to hear the David Whitfield version too and he's very very good so I could say I like them both but I'm a little more partial to the one I guess I heard it first and that's the one we play in vintage wine when we well, it's been a while. We haven't done a gig, my band, Vintage Wine. We haven't played for the human being public since February, although we just did one little afternoon in the driveway of the drummer in front of about 20 or 30 people. And we felt a little rusty, but got to get back to it. Let's move on now, and I'm going to play you a song with an interesting backstory. So let's go to the slide and the story. And it's called This Old House. Now that's a nice picture of an old house. 
The story is a fellow named Stuart Hamblin, who's famous for writing songs with a religious undercurrent. One of his best known songs, a song I like very, very much, is called It Is No Secret. It is no secret what God can do. Not necessarily my philosophy, but a wonderful song. And it was a song that was picked up by the evangelist Billy Graham and popularized. But in the early 50s, Stuart Hamblin, basically a country singer, I think it was somewhere around Texas, he went out in the woods with a friend of his, I think maybe they've been hiking, it's been a while since I read the story, and they came across this dilapidated old house where someone had lived and obviously, I don't know if they found a body or not, I didn't retain that part of the story, but they saw this really old house and Stuart Hamblin started to imagine what it was like for the person who lived there, getting older and not being able to keep up with the repairs that the house needed. So there's the story. Rosemary Clooney, a wonderful, wonderful singer in 1954, made this a number one song. Now there's a little bit of religious imagery because you see down here at the end, he sees an angel peeking through a broken window pane. This is like the fellow getting near to death. The, shaky, the house is getting shaky, the house is getting old, and so is the man. Anyway, there's the little analogy there. This old house once knew his children. This old house once knew his wife. This old house was home and comfort as they fought the storms of life. This old house once rang with laughter. This old house heard many shouts. Now it trembles in the darkness when the lightning walks about. Ain't gonna need this house no longer. Ain't gonna need this house no more. Ain't got time to fix the shingles. Ain't got time to fix the floor. Ain't gonna need this house no more. Ain't 
to meet the saints. Ready to meet the saints. Now, what you hear in that is a piano sound, which was known as honky-tonk piano. Honky-tonk is a word that actually refers to a place, a kind of a place. It's usually a, a bar, a working people's bar, working class bar, where there's a little band over in the corner. People are drinking beer. They're fighting, sometimes dancing, sometimes they're talking to the neighbor's wife, maybe that he's getting jealous. <laughs> but honky-tonk is a place. So honky-tonk piano is the sound of a piano, theoretically, that would be appropriate for a place like that. After the Second World War, there was a big fad for this sound, late 40s, early 50s, honky-tonk piano. I try to put these things into the cultural context. So you think, okay, after the war, people have just gone through terrible times, families uh, separated, uh, many deaths, people come back, they want to start something fresh. But also there's a nostalgia. There's a lot of nostalgia. There's always been Westerns back into the 1880s, uh, even when the West was nearly over because the Wild West was over by what, 1890. So there was the dime novels and then there was the cowboy movies. And in the 50s, there was lots of cowboy shows. I remember when I was a kid seeing all these cowboy shows. So the honky-tonk piano is kind of a reminiscent of happier times, kind of olden days time, saloon style. And it's slightly out of tune, the piano, but it's a nice sound and we like it. So anyway, there's the background. Now you're gonna see on the screen and here on your speakers, another version of this song by a British guy named Shaken Stevens. Shaken Stevens was out there on the circuit playing his band with his band and driving around in vans and you know it took him a long time to get famous but he got famous in England by playing Elvis Presley in a musical. Now he was already very devoted to 1950s sounds and in the well actually started in the late 70s late 70s and early 80s there was a big revival of rockabilly that's something i know quite a bit about because i wrote the very first book on rockabilly which came out in 1996. i went down to memphis and uh, parts of texas and uh, other places not texas i, I should say uh, mississippi and uh, around uh, tennessee and interviewed the people that had made records at sun records where elvis presley started and other rockabilly musicians. Rockabilly is the sound of hillbilly music mixing with rhythm and blues music. It's basically rock played by hillbillies. It was a term that was considered derogatory because people didn't want to be called hillbillies. Anyway, there was a big revival of rockabilly, especially after the death of Elvis Presley in 1977. It had started a bit earlier, but it really picked up and it picked up again in 1981 when MTV went on the air and the Stray Cats became the kind of the leading lights in the rockabilly revival. So Shake and Stevens had already been dedicated to 50s music and with the Elvis musical and the rise of rockabilly as a revival style, he really became a star. He's not known in North America because he had only one hit, but he was a superstar in England. And I love this version. There's, the guitar playing is fantastic. The energy is great. And uh, 
what a great idea to update this Rosemary Clooney song. This old house wants new children. This old house wants new wife. This old house was home of comfort as we focused on life. This old house wants grand laughter. This old house heard many shots. Now she trembles in the darkness away with the light in the world of cloud. I think it's an excellent version, but I also notice a lot of these times that the people don't quite get the words right. Because in the original song, it's the man that's getting ready to meet the saints, and it's the metaphor that the house is falling apart, and you know, the man is falling apart too. And in Shaken Stevens, it's like the house is getting ready to meet the saints. It's like you didn't quite get it, I guess. But the music is fabulous just love it well we've got just a couple more uh, songs to play for you and if you have any questions i can see the chat i can uh, i can see a few people have commented but uh, let's move on i'm going to play you a song from a movie maybe you've seen the movie the song is called cry me a river 
I just put uh, Cry Me a River into a search engine on the web and I came across this painting. It's uh, just uh, kind of a chance uh, encounter. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, lots of people are interpreting things in interesting ways. We've got a lot of birds in this one. I love birds. Doing a lot of bird watching these days. But anyway, there's the song and here is Julie London. And she's in a movie called The Girl Can't Help It. If you look down in the fine print here, you see it's a movie that has Fats Domino, The Platters. Hey, we heard them today. We heard him today. Little Richard, Gene Vincent. He's the one that did Bebalula. That's real rockabilly right there. The Treniers, they were also in Las Vegas uh, around the same time as Louis Prima. Eddie Fontaine. Uh, kind of unknown, except the Beatles did one of his songs called Nothing Shaken But the Leaves on the Trees. It was one they only did live, but it's available on a live at the BBC album, Beatles. Don't know who these people are. Abby Lincoln, Nino, oh, Ed, Eddie Cochran, he's one of the greatest of the rockabillies. He's the one that did Ain't No Cure for the Sumptum Blues. Nino Tempo, she with her partner. Uh, April Stevens, or maybe Nino's the guy. Yeah, it must be the guy. They did a great version of Deep Purple in the 60s, an old song. Anyway, Julie London is in this movie. And uh, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. She... Um, She has a breakup, and this, the, the way it's portrayed on the, in the film, there's a guy who's miserable, and he's getting drunk, and the more drunk he gets, the more times he sees the image of Julie London singing Cry Me a River. And he goes from one room, and he looks up, and there's this image of her singing, so he takes a drink, and he goes to the next room. And there's an image of Julie London singing. It's worth seeing. Hope you can check it out. Well, let's hear what she sounds like. She sounds, it's a bit like, I don't know, something like revenge. You 
drove me, it nearly drove me out of my head While you never shed a tear Remember, I remember all that you said Told me love was too plebeian Told me you were through with me And now you say you love me Well, just to prove you do Come on and cry me a river Cry me a river I cried a river over you. I cried a river over you. I cried a river over you. Did you notice at the end, the studio engineer turned up the echo so it sounds like she's going farther away. In the 1950s, they were starting to explore the use of the studio. And of course that exploded as a, uh, a lot of experimentation in the 1960s. But here again, look at the way this is structured. Look at the rhyme scheme told me love was too plebeian, told me you were through with me and, see, the rhyme actually is here, plebeian, me and, me and. And look at this internal rhyme, love me. So love, not quite a total rhyme, prove. But these things are very well crafted. I'm gonna play you one last song. It's a version of the last song and it's by Joe Cocker. Now, I went to see Joe Cocker once at the Bell Center, and he was introduced, Mesdames et Messieurs, Joe Cocker. <laughs> He's a British guy. Now, in the early 70s, Joe Cocker went on tour with a gigantic mass of people. And his musical director was Leon Russell. And Leon, Leon Russell was, you know, a famous piano player, wrote lots of songs. And... Uh, they both became big stars. In fact, they already were big stars. Joe Cocker played at Woodstock and he did the Beatles song with a little help from my friends, slowed it down, very dramatic. What a wonderful voice he had. So from a, what was it, a double album, triple album, Mad Dogs and Englishmen, it's the tour. And he's going to do this big, 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 big version of the last song with a big, big, Big band of people. Yeah. <laughs> 
First of all, a thank you to the Eleanor London Code St. Luke Library for hosting this. It's always a pleasure. I think that's a wonderful library, a wonderful bunch of people. I've been giving lectures there for ages. I've got a, a little poster laminated on my wall over there about a, a series of lectures I gave on swing music, and that seems like it was in the last century. That's a long time ago. And uh, we've performed several times. The band Vintage Wine performed several times outdoors. And once when it was raining like stink, as my mom used to say, it's raining like stink indoors. A uh, little slide, I wanna just present something to you. Uh, this is, oh, hit the right button, Greg, there. First of all, there's the thank you if you have questions or comments, or you'd like to sign up for my newsletter. Comes out once a month says what's happening. The next thing that's happening is uh, uh, performance. As I told you, I'll tell you more about that one in a minute, but in December, on the 9th of December, I'm doing a duo show with Samantha Borgel, holiday show, some Christmas songs and some non-Christmas songs online. You can find out about that if you get my newsletter. You can visit my website, craigmorrison.com, two R's, one S, not the French spelling, but the English spelling. Uh, this is one of the books I wrote. It's a really nice book. I think so. I worked hard on it. And you can also, next week, here's the full information. The band is called Craig Morrison and Friends Rock and Roll Dance Party in the Spirit of Vintage Wine. That's because there's only two of us from Vintage Wine with other friends filling out the band. 
So in the spirit of vintage wine, we have played vintage wine once a month at the Wheel Club for over 10 years, and we do miss it. So we're doing one online. One week from today, 7.30 p.m., 50s and 60s oldies. You can dance at home with or without a partner or just watch. Free to watch, facebook.com slash wheelclubndg. Donations are encouraged. If you didn't catch that, you can send me an email and I'll send it back to you. There's the email, Craig, CraigMorrison.com. So do we have any questions? One of my favorites. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, you people are so sweet. So I'm going to just uh, give you a little philosophy, folks. Here's my favorite glass. And look, look at that. We've got the moon. We've got the sun. We've got the stars. And you know what? The glass is still half full. As my dad said, life is worth living. But as the Grateful Dead say in one of their songs, if you get confused, listen to the music play. Thank you, everyone. Till we meet again, happy trails. Happy trails. Thank you, Craig. To you. Well, that is today's episode of the Code St. Luke Telephone Broadcasting Service and Podcast. Thank you to our guests, and thank you to you for listening today. My name is Daryl Levine. We launched this uh, podcast and uh, telephone broadcasting service at the end of March 2020. Of course, we had uh, closed our doors at that point. Uh, People could not come anymore to the library to uh, listen to interesting talks and so on. And this was a way of getting the content to you. Uh, One of the things that we did was set up a telephone number that people could call into every day at 2 p.m. so they could listen to this if they either didn't have a computer or maybe they weren't comfortable using a computer. Uh, And of course, we also later distributed this show through the regular podcast channels that people uh, who listen to podcasts are familiar with. And maybe that's how you're listening to us today. So thanks for listening. Be well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.